the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Well, it is that time once again for Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. With Larry Rosenthal, our financial planner and retirement expert. And here he is in studio with us today. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Chris, and how are you today? So far, so good. So far, so good. How about you? I'm wonderful. Good. Yeah. Good day. Well, that's good. I think it's going to be a good day. we got a little rain going on uh, our way, which is good. We've been needing it. It's been nice to see. You know, Helps that grass growing, you know. But shouldn't the grass be turning brown here in August? You know, it's interesting. It hasn't been. I've been seeing it still no. pretty green. Yes, yes, and it's so, getting tall. Some of my wife's flowers are starting to die now, but, but you know. She's depressed about that. But other than that, we're all good. You can fix that, Chris. I can buy her it's more. It's just a quick trip to the store, a little bit of knee time and, and a little shovel, and you can fix that, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I'd kill him. I don't have a green thumb. <laughs> I have no green thumb ability. <laughs> uh, well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal's show here. You know, we, we always have live call-in uh, uh I guess people, listeners, that always call in the show and ask lots of questions, feel free to give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123 with any of your financial planning or investment questions. If you have questions on the markets, the economy, feel free to dial us up. You know, we've got a little bit of volatility in the markets here. People are getting a little little uh, uneasy a little bit, Chris, I guess I, sh- I should say. You know, we always start the show off a little uh, at the first top of the hour with what's happened in the markets, the economic outlook, and things like that. We've got lots of stuff to talk about today in the news uh, when it comes to the markets. We've, we experienced a little bit of volatility this week. And, and I was thinking this morning, how am I going to introduce this? What am I going to say? And I thought to myself, you know, clarity of direction. And I thought, when was the last time I used that? And I haven't used clarity of direction in about three years, four years. Hmm. See, the markets need clarity of direction, okay? And right now, there's a little bit of fogginess in the markets. Let me break this down for you. Clarity of direction, over the last the last few months, the market has been sort of uh, watching the, the, the a couple of pillars, corporate earnings, the Fed, and new fiscal policy pro-growth 
uh, fiscal policies. Okay, so the the Fed has been looking to normalize interest rates. We'll get into that in a little bit. Corporate earnings have been coming in very, very nice, but earnings season for the most part is just about over right now. You know, ninety-two um, percent uh, of of all the members of the S and P five hundred uh, have have uh, you know reported their earnings, uh, and and uh, you know the numbers the numbers look reasonable. So, so there's not much more on earnings to go. When, when I talk about earnings, the corporations, publicly traded corporations, report their earnings in the first two months of the next quarter. So April, May, and June close the second quarter. Uh, July and August, all the companies were reporting. So there's not much earnings news coming out in the next couple of weeks. A lot of eyes have been on the Fed. Next week, there's not a lot of information that's coming out. We, we've got you know, just a little bit of information coming out on Tuesday about home prices, Wednesday, new home sales, of course, Thursday, initial jobs and existing homes and uh, manufacturing, uh, uh, producer manufacturing in, index. Uh, Friday, we have um, uh, durable goods and then this and as well as Janet Yellen. Uh, speaking out of Jackson Hole. So all eyes are going to be on on uh, her, what she has to say as well as uh, President of the ECB, European Central Bank, Mario Draghi, out of Jackson Hole this week, the Fed's big conference this week. You know, what are they going to be talking about out there? And basically, I think they're going to say nothing. I don't think they're going to say anything because they've got a little bit of fogginess in their minutes as to what's going on right now with the markets and the economy. You know, the Fed is trying to target a 2% inflation rate. Well, it's not quite there. And we've got some, some members of the Fed in their, in their, in their notes that were released recently that are saying, you know, we, we, we still need to be a little dovish. In other words, we still need to be a little supportive of the economy. So the Fed mm -hmm. wants to normalize their interest rate environment, which I understand and get, raise some rates. Yes, let's do it, but let's not raise the rates at the risk or peril of slowing down the economy because if interest rates get too high too quick, it could slow down uh, capital and, and, and the velocity of money. I, I think, Larry, you really need to scrutinize this very closely in person in Jackson Hole. Um, and, I'm, and I'm more than happy to go along with you to carry your bags, if you'd like. Wouldn't that be a fun trip, right? <laughs> I don't think they'd let us in. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> but not. But that's another story. So at the end of the day, though, all eyes are going to be on the Fed this week. As well as, you know, the, the big concern is that some of the fiscal policy that President Trump and his administration put forth in the beginning of his of his term eight months ago, uh, some people are afraid some parts of it are going to become just derailed. And that's that led to a lot of the volatility this past week. You know, he he debant, he, he um, dismantled his uh, uh uh, the 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 little groups he had with I forget the name of the what, what he called them but the the uh, uh, consulting groups with with CEOs of you know in America oh yeah sure sure yeah he yeah, he disbanded that CEOs. And, and, mm -hmm. and that just went down a whole road that we're not even going to go over here this morning but but you know it's very unfortunate about the activities and and how things were 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 handled in in, yeah, it's, in it's, with, with everything. So at the, at the end of the day here, the the um, uh, all eyes for this week have been on, you know, the fear of, you know, well, what's going to happen with the Fed, and we'll find out next week, as well as, you know, is fiscal policy being derailed a little bit? You know, they haven't been able to push through anything on, on um, 
changing, fixing, tweaking, redoing, whatever words you want to use, uh, the ACA Act or Obamacare. And now the people are afraid that tax reform is going to be derailed as well. So that's what happens here in, in the stock market when there's no clarity of direction. So a little bit of stuff with the Fed's been a little bit of, uh, you know, gray area. Some stuff with fiscal policies, a little gray area as well. Um, so that's basically what, what's led to a lot of the volatility this past week. So we'll be talking about volatility today on the show, what it means for you as an investor, what you should be doing, what you should not be doing as well. We've got our email bag, lots of questions there. We're going to talk about active and passive management. And we'll also be talking about, you know, uh, just, well, whatever questions you may have. So give us a ring here this morning at Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 to reach me here with any of your financial planning or investment questions. Hey, if you're concerned about the markets right now, give us a call. We'll talk about it. 855-ROSE-123. Back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise? Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494. Or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, making money sense. If you'd like to dial in, we have some lines available for you. That telephone number is 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Sure, absolutely, Chris. Let's welcome Suzanne on the line. Good morning, Suzanne. How are you today? Good. How are you? Thank you for I'm, taking my call. Sure, I'm doing well. How can I help you? Um, I have a two-part question. I'm going to be getting about thirty dollars to $40,000 from a divorce settlement. Um, and the one part is I do have some debt, and should I put that towards that or should I try to take some of that and put it towards some type of investment um, or put it down towards um, trying to purchase um, for me a first time say condo or something well Suzanne here's here's the answer first of all I, I I like for people to have as little debt as possible okay that's sort of my bias a little bit right there but at the same time <clears throat> we've got thirty thousand that's coming into you and you've got different 
ideas with with it. I don't know how much debt you have versus how much your cash flow can afford to pay it pay it down without using some of this thirty thousand. The second right. thing is, if you were to go purchase a new home, condo, townhouse, whatever it may be, then then that question becomes: How will that change your existing cash flow moving moving residences right now? Do we need to use some of that thirty thousand to lower the mortgage payments, the household expenses, in order to maintain, you know, parity or the same level of income and expenses that you currently have right now? And then ultimately, what would this thirty thousand dollars do if you didn't touch it and you just invested it towards your retirement or any other financial goals that you may have down the road? Those are the three ways that we need to sort of dissect the pie and and run the numbers out. Um, so. I can't really give you. Any, I'm sorry, I can't really tell you. Yes, put it down on a house or pay down the debt. I don't know how much debt there is or anything like that. But that's the math that we have to work behind the scenes. If you like, I'll have one of our advisors give you a ring next week where they can get more detailed information for you to sort of give give you a direction of you know maybe you're going to take I don't know seven thousand and pay down debt, you know another seven thousand and invest it and put the rest down on the house or vice versa. I don't really know which way it goes, but that's how we have to do the math. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes. Yeah, because that, that it, would at, be great. Sure, absolutely. At the end of the day, what we have to look at here is <clears throat> at some point down the road, we need to make sure that we have enough assets that's producing an income during our retirement years to sustain our standard of living. We we need to right. make sure that that that's being taken care of. So you know, just simple math is thirty thousand. If it if it earns seven percent then roughly in 10.2 years it's going to be worth 60,000. Do you see what I mean? And then yes, 60,000, yeah. yeah, then $60,000 at 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 you know a 4% drawdown rate, you know, is going to be, you know, 4 grand a year, a couple hundred dollars a month, you know, whatever it may be, four, 3 or 400 dollars a month, that can be, you know, all the dinners out in retirement years. So so we got to really break it all down and take a good good solid look at it. If you like, I'll put you on hold and we'll have somebody reach out to you beginning of next week and um, that would, uh, crunch the numbers for you. That would be wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate the phone call. Let me put you on hold here. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring here at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, give us a call. We'll give you some advice. Not a problem there. So, Chris, you know, we used to do the email bag years ago, and for some reason we stopped it, and we started it again uh, a few weeks ago. So I have three email bag questions this week and and one of them's called it sort of you know very timely you know it, it says you know hey larry should we sell now and wait for the markets to drop and then buy back in that seems to be a theme these days right with the market volatility that we had the last couple of days the problem is no one can time the market perfectly so you know did have we seen this have we have we been through quote unquote this adjustment right now how long is this volatility going to last? Is it going to last Monday and Tuesday of next week and then take off again? Or is it going to go down another three, you know, 3% or whatever it may be and then come back? Nobody knows. The problem with this question, though, the reason I'm bringing this question on air today is here's the problem with this question. Should we sell when the market's high and buy again when it's low? Well, let's stop and think about it. When the market's high, how do people feel? They feel pretty good about it, don't they? 
they feel, all right, you know, we're making some money, our retirement plans are growing, you know, our equity in our homes are growing, whatever it may be, the market's high, so we feel better. Let's add some more money to it because we feel better. And then when the market goes low, how do people feel? They feel, yeah, they feel a little bit of pain, right? That's exactly right, Chris. They feel a little bit of, oh, no, what's going on? And they say, well, I'm not putting any money into that. It may continue to go down. And that's where the emotions override the logic. People make money in the markets when they buy when there's pain, okay? And it's very, very hard to do from that standpoint. So so should we sell now and wait for the market to drop and then buy back in? In a perfect world, yes, but no one can really do that consistently. So at the end of the day here, you need to make sure that your portfolios are positioned to handle little tiny shocks and alls like this. And believe me, this is not a big market uh, adjustment that we just had here recently. It's a few hundred points on the Dow. So so at the, at the end of the day here, also look at this too. From 2010, through now, we've had, you know, seven years or so, we've had seven pretty sizable market adjustments that have only lasted for, for you know, two, three weeks at a time, four, four or five weeks at a time, whatever it is. Uh, we've had 16% pullbacks. We've had 9% pullbacks, 5% pullbacks. So when the market is pulling back, one of the first things you really need to do is, Chris, is take a good solid look at what are the underpinnings of the economy? Is the economy still expanding or is it contracting now? So if the economy starts to contract and the market starts to drop, that's a whole different story versus an adjustment, a short-term adjustment um, based off, you know, while the economy is still expanding. And remember, right now, the latest news is the, the volatility that we, that we you know, experienced the last few days in the market is basically based off to lack of clarity with fiscal policy coming out and what the Fed's going to be talking about next week. And I don't think, they're, again, they're going to be talking too much, but I do believe that they're going to lean the needle towards being dovish and supportive of the overall economy. So good question there in the email bag. Hey, if you want to get your questions read live on the air, feel free to go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Again, LarryRosenthal.com. We'll be happy to, set, to uh, just shoot us off an email. And say, hey, this is for the email bag. I'd like to hear my question read, or, or you know, a lot of people will will send in, uh, in questions on, you know, hey, can you send me some information on this, that, or the other? So, another question that I had this week is, how often should one review their investments when markets are going down or when markets are going up? How often should you really review your investments? And, Every and, twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Drive yourself crazy. Every twenty minutes. So, so I can I can tell you this from from years and years of experience working with clients all across the country. Um, um, you know, it, it's it's a, a a very interesting thing to see how different people review their investments at different times. Uh, I know people that review them every day. Okay, I know people that review them regularly, once a month, once a quarter, and I know people that that don't review them hardly at all. So it really depends on on you know how I guess how into it I guess you are when it, when it comes to, to doing that. But basically, just because you review your investments doesn't mean you need to make a change either. Okay. Just because you re are reviewing your investments at a certain time does not necessarily mean you have to figure out how to make a change because you might not need to make a change. So the best way that I can describe how should you review your investments is whenever you want to review them, you really need to make sure that 
your investments are tied into your financial plan. You know, if you have a, a different baskets of investments, you have a CD, you have a, a brokerage account, you have a an IRA, a Roth, whatever it may be, a 401k plan, a government TSP, what are these investments aiming towards? Are these investments just there floating out, just hoping that they're going to grow, or do they have a specific investment objective attached to that bucket of investments aimed towards a goal in your financial plan? So that's my point is you should you should have a financial plan that enables you to review your investments each and every day, a plan that does it live each day for you. Simply, if you go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, you'll be able to see an example of our financial plan. It updates. It goes out into the marketplace each night, and it links in all of your latest uh, account values based off of that market day's close, and it updates and refreshes it each night. You, 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 you can go see a video on our website on the first page, LarryRosenthal.com, right there, and that will show you how to uh, how you should have your, your financial plan up to date. Then it's up to you on when you want to review it because at the end of the day, your investments are going to either be higher or lower than the last time you reviewed it. But the important point that's being missed in this email question is at today's value, how am I pacing towards my goals and objectives? That's the real important point, Chris. Doesn't that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. So so that's really what you have to take a good look at. So, again, your investments are going to be either above or below the last time you viewed them. But a, the, the big question is, how am I pacing towards my financial goals and objectives? And how long is, should you really – I mean, if you're looking at that timeline and at some point in there you got to rebalance, right, if things are going south on a regular basis. I mean, you know. Well, you, even if things are going north. Or going north. Think about it. Let's suppose you have money. Let's suppose you have uh, uh, 10 positions in your portfolio just to do math easy. Okay, you got some mutual funds, some some indexes, some ETFs, stocks, whatever it may be. And position number three, for whatever reason, instead of it all starting off, you know, they all start off at 10% each, let's just say in this example. So you have 10 investments, all representing 10% each. You know, different sleeves of your investments, and then all of a sudden, sleeve number three represents, make up a number, 14%. So it's really done very, very well. Now you might be too much overweight in that. You might want to rebalance out of that, too. But also remember, Chris, rebalancing is a double-edged sword. It can hurt you both ways. Because now you're going to take an investment that's growing and doing well, and you're going to put it into an investment that may only represent 6% of your portfolio mm-hmm. or one that's going down, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just depends on when these asset classes, when the different sleeves of your investment actually come back. So there is an art to it. to under- That's why you have to understand the purpose of each investment, each stock, mutual fund, bond, whatever it is inside your portfolio how it relates to the markets, what makes it that particular line item in your investment go up, what makes it go down, what are the risks involved with that particular investment. Well, you can That's automate some of this too, right, with, with thresholds and such. So that if you reach a certain, you know, you see a dip to a certain point, it'll alert you and let you know, or, or if you gain so much that you can actually change things around over time. I mean, there's ways to do that. I know you guys have ways of doing that, but what? Yeah, about- you can put triggers in and stop losses and and different things of that nature. You can sure. you can easily do that, but you know, so sometimes you want to do it and sometimes you don't. You you want to look at uh, what what again what's driving that particular sleeve, if you will, mm-hmm. in your investment account up or down what what makes it go up what makes it go down so little little uh, little bit of art to it there when it, when it comes to it all hey let's i see we have to take a quick break here let's open up the phone lines again give us a call at 855 rose 123 that's 855 
767-3123 with any of your financial planning or investment questions. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Be happy to take your calls. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show, and I'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations, NMLS number 5618 and 99665. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here's your phone number to call Larry and ask any question that you would like about your portfolio or a financial question on the markets, just about anything. He is our financial and retirement expert here in studio, and he's here every week. And you can call at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123, Larry. Sure, Chris. So uh, got another uh, – I want to talk a little bit today about, since we do have a little bit of volatility introduced in the market, the difference between active management versus passive management. King's Dominion Week, we'll call it. The up and down roller coaster ride, maybe. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. They keep building them bigger and better, right? They do. Uh, I love so active management versus passive management. And you'll find, and this, these are good questions to ask your financial advisor what he or she believes in, or, or if you do it yourself, what you believe in. You know, and and passive management would be a, a scenario where you would maybe purchase um, like an index, like an S&P 500 index fund, okay? That's passively managed. In other words, there's not a lot of stocks being moved in and out of that. Uh, once a year, a committee will say, okay, which 500 stocks are we going to have in it for next year or whenever they decide to make their changes. So, so that's a passively managed ETF or mutual fund. Whereas an active management fund might say, you know, of the 500, we're going we're gonna to maybe only buy 432 of them because these ones meet our screening criteria. So it's more actively managed. And throughout the year, they may buy and sell some of these positions rather than just simply hold on to them. So the great debate between active management and passive management is this. When the markets are going up straight up, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, let's go get passive management because we're just going to buy the index. It's less expensive because you don't have to pay a fund management team. 
a lot of money, you know, in your expenses to to uh, to to manage the account. Not the advisor, but the people that manufacture the mutual fund or the ETF. On the other hand, a during you know during times of volatility, sometimes a uh, active management fund may save you a little bit of money uh, because they're able to reposition inside the the mutual funds. So it's very funny. As as a matter of fact, this year I've I've seen actually uh, a lot of active management so far beating the uh, the passive management in the indexes, which is a very interesting thing. So so one of the questions that you want to ask your advisor, and we're talking about construction of your portfolio, and what a great time to really examine that or X-ray it with with the hint of volatility that we've experienced a little bit last week. Which is, you know, how do you how do you view the world, Mr. and Mrs. Advisor? Do you like to have passive investments or active investments? Do you do a combination of both? Personally, we have a combination of both in our portfolios. I like both. Uh, I see pros and cons to both, and so I think that that they weigh each other out. Whereas some advisors will only go active, some advisors will only go passive. These are questions that you can break down and ask your advisor. What what do you like? What why do you like this? Why do you like that? And and talk about the pros and cons to them. So it's very important because a lot of times they they can the the pros and cons of of each one each management system. There's no right or wrong way. It's just a personal preference. Uh, 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 again, on it all. So take a look at your portfolios. See exactly how they're managed. If they're all passive or active, and then sort of drill down that point. You know, it it also sounds like too that. That your active management, you've got this fun team working on your portfolio. Well, they should always outperform. Doesn't happen. And 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 people say, oh well, you know, most people can't beat the index. Well, it doesn't happen either. It it, it switches back and forth all the time. So take a good look at how uh, what's inside your portfolio. Ask your advisor what he or she believes. Really, let's sh- uh, shoot on over to Triangle and welcome Harvey on the line. Good morning, Harvey. How are you today? Hi, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How can I help you, sir? Look, I have a question. Is it ever too late to invest? Uh, you know, there are a lot of people out here like myself who are retired military, and then after we retired, worked for the government or as a contractor, but we had didn't have a lot of knowledge on investing. What can we do at this point? Well, first so of all, the, the, the answer to your question is no, it's never too late to invest, okay? And then as far as getting knowledge on investing, here's – there's – there's I mean, there's there's tons of books out there, literally probably 2,000 pounds of books out there, tons of them out there. So so the – the I, I just did this with a, with, with a recent client here. I was explaining them because they, they wanted to, to – to, to learn about it, and we, we brought them on, and we said, you know, look, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to open up a, a, a small account for maybe $1,000, and I'll mm-hmm. teach you how the investments work. So this is one thing you can do, Harvey. You can get with an advisor, open up a small account for maybe $1,000, and you can buy, you know, one share of uh, GE stock and watch how that moves. You can buy, you know, a share of of Apple stock and watch how that moves. You can buy a, a put a little bit of money into an, an index bond or the index S&P 500. So you can get with an advisor and buy all these different things, some that pay dividends, some that don't, and and really learn and track and then after 3 or 4 months of doing that and watching it, you'll know a whole lot about how the investments work. 
And then you can also learn how to relate them to the economy and, and watch what happens with interest rates as they go up and down and, and economic reports that come out. So if you're interested in learning all of that, you know, an advisor can really sit down with you and, and teach you that. But the answer to your question is no, it's not too late. It's never too late because if your money's sitting in a bank, for example, and it's not earning an efficient enough rate of return, it's not too late to move it over to a place that gives you an opportunity to get a little bit better rate of return. Does that make sense? I got it. Yes, sir. Sure. Yes, sir. So I'll tell you most what. Most of us, oh, oh, only thing we know about 401ks is, you know, from your job, but, you know, that's not what most of us do. Well, yeah, and, and a 401k is a great uh, investment vehicle right there. Now, do you have one at your job? Yeah, so so keep putting money into the 401k plan and what you want to do is take a look at look at all your different investment choices in the 401k plan and then figure out which ones are best for you with what's going on in the market today and which equals your risk acceptance level. So an advisor may okay. be able to a financial advisor may be able to sit down with you for for 45 minutes or an hour and go through that with you and give you some suggestions and help and guidance along those those avenues there but at least make sure you put in at least what your employer matches because that's 100% free money uh on your contribution right there and then the next big question you have to really dissect Harvey on on the uh 401k opportunity is do you want to put the money on the traditional pre-tax side or do you want to put the money on the Roth side and because if you put is the money Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to ask, is there an advantage or disadvantage to either or? Yes. How's that for an answer? There's an advantage and disadvantage both <laughs> ways. So let me explain it to you. That's what I was going to do. So you've, you've heard before, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, have asset allocation, diversification, that kind of stuff. Now we're talking about tax allocation strategies here. So on the traditional 401k side, when you put money in, it goes in pre-tax. In other words, you're not paying a tax on that money while it goes in. While it's in the account, the money inside there grows tax-deferred. In other words, no taxes while it's growing for you. However, when you pull it out down the road in your retirement years, you have to pay income taxes on it. So the advantage of pre-tax or traditional 401k opportunities is you get a tax deduction today, but the disadvantage is you pay taxes coming out down the road. On the other hand, the Roth side of the 401k is after-tax money, so they tax you on your money, then it goes into the account, while it's in the account, there's no taxes, and when you pull the money out, it comes out tax-free in retirement. So the disadvantage of the Roth side is you don't get a tax deduction today, but down the road in retirement years, you get tax-free income, and the assets can pass on to your heirs tax-free as well. So pros and cons to both of that. Here's the deal the way the industry looks at it. I've talked to so many advisors all across the country on this over the years. If I marked 100 of them in here right now into the studio, the first third will say always do the traditional side because you get your tax deduction today and no one can take it away from you. The second third, Harvey, is going to say, no, they're crazy. Take the tax-free end of the retirement years, okay? I'm an advisor who likes both sides of it, okay? I like to have a little on the pre-tax and a little on the, on the tax-free Roth side, so sit down with the advisor, talk about the tax allocation strategy as well. That goes into the formulation of a financial plan. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll send you out our financial planning toolkit, and that can help you get, get some of this in, uh, uh, education, if you like, okay? Yes, sir. All right, let me put Thank you on you hold. Much. 
Yep, let me put you on hold, and we'll get your inf- contact information. We'll send you out the toolkit and talking about the Roth and traditional 401K and different ways to invest. Appreciate the phone call, Harvey. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring here at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your loan first certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporation's NMLS number 5618 and 99665. Listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you'd like to dial in, our number is 855 767 3123. That's 855 Rose 123 for our financial and retirement expert here in studio, Larry Rosenthal. Larry. Yep, let's welcome Arnetta on the line. Good morning, Arnetta. How are you today? I'm good. This is Arnita. How are you? Arnita, I'm fine. How can I help you today? Good. I still can't believe that I'm talking to the great Larry Rasmussen, but that's okay. Uh, we're going to get past that. I'm going to get past it. 
But uh, I've been listening to you for the last several weeks, and I've been telling everyone that I know how great this show is. And I have a lot of people that's listening right now. But uh, to get started, um, I called your office, and they said that they were going to send me a data form. So I've gotten the uh, data form and everything, and I'm getting ready. I'm filling out and getting ready to send it back in. Now, would you tell me the process? What that? What will happen after that? Once I mail that in, will you contact me and we set up an appointment, or how? Yes, is that that's done? A, that's because exactly that. right, Arnita. One of our advisors will give you, or someone will give you a ring to set up a, a, a time when you can come into one of our offices or even do a phone call meeting with mm-hmm. one of our advisors and then we'll just see what's in that data form and and start talking to you about your goals and your time horizon and your risk tolerance and things like that and start helping you to build out a financial plan that's exactly the way the process works wonderful now could you repeat again about uh, i like what you just said to the uh caller just before me about it's never too late to invest and to start small with an account for about a thousand dollars Sure, I was talking to him about trying to learn how different investments really work, and you can do that with just $1,000 because you can sit down and you can buy a share of GE stock or a share of Apple stock or Home Depot stock or a mutual fund or whatever and really see how the different stocks and mutual funds and things inside the account work. Uh, as the markets go up and down, as economic reports come out, as the the economy continues to expand, and things of that nature. So, so yeah, we can we can also show you how that works too to give you some education, and and, and uh, that's not that's not hard to do at all. So, I have some clients that really want to do that, and some clients that you know they're not so interested in it. They want to, you know, some some people want to understand how the car is built and how it works, and other people just want to know how to drive it. And there's nothing wrong either way. I got you. And so, and, and while we're still learning, you know, that will you all still be you stay on as a, a consultant, financial consultant for us? Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Not a problem at all. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I, I really love your show. I'll absolutely. I appreciate it, and I thank you for uh, <laughs> spreading the word, Arnita, and we look forward to, to speaking with you soon one day. Appreciate the phone call. Let's welcome Dave on the line. Good morning, Dave. How are you this morning? Hi, how are you? Good. Uh, can you hear me okay? I hear you perfectly. How can I help you, sir? Great. The reason I'm calling, I actually have two questions for you. Um, I wanted to ask you a question regarding the 529 plan that Maryland offers with zero price. And, you know, basically it gives you a $2,500 uh, tax deduction. But um, is there really an advantage of using that versus other than tax exemption? versus me just opening up a brokerage account for my daughter and really just picking good stocks and holding it for the long 18 years. Well, yeah, there's, it's a very interesting question you have because, first of all, let's look at the, the, the construction of the 529 arena or, or plan. When you, you don't get a federal deduction. You only get a state income tax deduction, okay? And the most you can put into it is $5,500. I'm sorry, $55,000 a year. Okay, so I'm not sure where you got the $2,500 uh, deduction well, from. I was told by Zero Price that Maryland, uh, you know, they won the contract with Maryland. And you could do the 2500 per parent for the child. Yes, okay, so let's $2, let's credit. Yep, so let let's let's look at the the how the how the 529 plan arena works. When you put the money in there, Dave, 
you have different investments offered through the T. Rowe Price Company, and you can select your own or you can do age-based investments. So as your daughter ages, they will just slowly move the money to a more conservative position. Now, the advantage of the 529 plans is this. While the money's in there, there's no taxes on the money. So it's all growing tax-deferred. As long as you pull it out for qualified educational expenses, then the money all comes out tax-free. That's the beautiful thing. Now, your investment choices are very limited inside right. 529 plans, The but they're, they're still adequate. The other scenario that you said, just opening up a brokerage account in you and your daughter's name, like an UGMA or UTMA account, and, and holding the stocks that you want, there's no problem with that either, okay? You don't get the tax advantage as far as it growing tax-deferred each year, and then you're managing it yourself from that standpoint. So but yeah. I, see, I see clients doing it both ways. I really do. There's no right or wrong way. The issue that you have here is this, and I want to ask I – want, I want you to think about another question here. Okay, what happens if your daughter is a sophomore in high school or she's going into her junior year in high school and you've saved up all this money and then all of a sudden something dramatic happens in the economy and we pull back 20, 30 percent and it takes 18 months for that money to come back and it catches you and you may have actually lost a year and a half worth of college funding. I want you to also think about looking at the prepaid tuition plans in the different states. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, because um, I, my, that's, that's a very good point. Thank you so much. Uh, my other second question is: uh, a buddy of mine, we, we both invest. You know, we're good investors. I mean, we're investors. I, he's very gung ho about technical analysis, and I always have had arguments with him. I'm told him that it's bogus. But, it's psychology is now. There's no real science behind it because I told them if there was any truth behind it, they would teach that in MBA school, but they don't. So he was, and he says all the pros on the Wall Street use technical analysis. What's your thoughts on that? My thoughts are 353 years from now, you and your friend will still have this debate. <laughs> okay. I see. Absolutely. I, I understand technical analysis. I see it. I, I look at it and blah, blah, blah. I also look at, at all the other things, too. Um, you know, so so some people gravitate towards that. It's sort of fun. It's flashy. You know, the trend is your friend and blah, 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 and this, that, and the other. And, you know, you can you take it, just take a good look at it. And, you know, things break down. Things break out yeah. uh, based off of all that. But at the end of the day, um, you know, everybody's going to have that debate. There's so many different ways to look at it. If you really want to have fun with your friend, go read the book, A Random Walk Down Wall Street. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll try that. Because hindsight, technical analysis, yes, works. But if you're looking at future, it's very tough to predict, you know. So it's <laughs> okay. Well, if we could all predict that, then we'd go to Vegas, right? That's right. <laughs> there you That's go. Right. Hey, appreciate Thank the phone call, Dave. Have Thank a great you. weekend. Listen to Making Money Sense. Let's welcome Elizabeth on the line. Thanks for holding on. We still have a few more callers online, and I'll get to them in just a second. How can I help you, Elizabeth? Good morning, Larry, and thank you for the good job that you are doing. You're doing a great job, and we appreciate it so much. Um, I have a question, like all of some of the other callers have asked us, is it too late to invest? And the answer, you have answered so much, and I thank you. Um, I did some investment about 20 years ago, but uh, I did not um, put 
much in it. I just left it like passive. It was sitting there. So recently I realized my daughter's um, school loans and everything are coming up. And I was kind of a little in financial crisis. And I have life insurance paying. Um, that is life insurance. I have another term life insurance. And they are all like crumbled all over. So I found, I consulted a financial advisor uh, at where I made that investment. So um, to my surprise, they told me that my money um, is not enough. And I have some credit card loans and then student loans. So they have to um, liquidate the account because I don't have, they have a new rule that if you don't have about 21000 they can't invest it. So they, you have to liquidate the account and then, you know, start over all over again. And, you know, I was just, I couldn't take it, but they had to liquidate the account. So I have the money now, and I don't know what to do with it. So, Elizabeth, it sounds like to me that we need to do sort of a, a scenario where we just sort of level the playing field and draw a line in the sand and find out where you are. I'm going to send you out our financial yeah. planning toolkit, and I'll have someone follow up with you next week on that. Mm-hmm. But you, you sort of threw a lot at me here with your insurance and this another thing and the debt and all that. Mm-hmm. We just need mm-hmm. to sit down and take a good look at of, of inventory, where you are, what your mm-hmm. assets are, what your liabilities are, what your goals and time horizon are. And then sort of build out question and answer period from from that. So I'm going to put you on hold. Chris will get some of your information, and we're going to send you out our financial planning toolkit. I appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Deanna on the line from D.C. Good morning, Deanna. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm well. Um, How can I, I help you? I was calling because um, I have a 401K. I'm sorry, for one, and um, I was, um, I'm retired, and it's just sitting there. I can't make any more um, deposits into it, is my understanding, and I was wondering if I transferred that into the Roth, it, w- it will I be, I know I'm earning money right now, but it's not that much, but I was wondering if I could transfer it over into a Roth account. So the and- answer yeah, the answer to your question is yes, you can transfer your four, your old employer's 401k plan into a Roth account. However, when you do that, you have to pay taxes on all of that money at oh. once. Okay. So, so what what you can do here is you can roll the old 401k money into an IRA, a traditional pre-tax IRA. If you don't have one, then one will be opened up for you immediately. So we we roll the money over to the IRA, and then it's and then you can do series of little conversions. Like you can convert, you know, seven thousand dollars a year for ten years, or whatever it is you want to do. So you don't convert the whole amount and have to get hit with a huge tax all at the same time. So you do have a couple of choices there to move into some tax free free dollars for yourself down the road. Okay. So I will, even though I roll it over into IRA, I'd still have to um, pay taxes on it? No. When you roll it over from your old employer's plan, the 401K, into an IRA, there's no taxes. Oh, okay. It's only upon when you decide, okay, now I'm going to take a piece of this and convert it to the Roth. That's when you pay the tax on it. Okay. 
All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. I appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring here at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Chris, another thing that I wanted to speak about today was uh, on the email questions. And again, feel free, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot us off some email questions. Be happy to read them live here in the studio. So so the question comes in this form here. We have beneficiary forms all filled out on all of our investments. Uh, however, we were recently talking to somebody, and they said that we may need a trust to go along with this. And it, it sort of goes on to, you know, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. And it's kind of an interesting question because I get this question all the time from people. You know, well, Larry, if my beneficiary forms are filled out, do I need a trust? And the answer is kind of yes and no. Here's the deal. So if let's just pretend you so let's just make it very simple. Husband dies. Everything goes to wife. Wife dies. And then there's, say, three kids. And then everything's going to go in equal shares to the three children. But now let's take child number two, okay? And you don't have a lot of faith that child number two is actually going to, well, manage the money the way you would want them to manage it. Maybe they're going to go spend it on, you know, cars and, and whatever, and you just don't want that. At that particular point in the estate planning discussion, the beneficiary form doesn't go far enough to protect that child from his or herself. That may be a time when you want to implement uh, a trust. That way you can control and say, okay, for this particular child, their share is going to go into this trust. The other two kids are going to get their lump sums, but this child is going to get the money into a trust and, and then sort of distribute income or bleed income out over, over time to them. And you can put different triggers in there where they can reach in and, and for health, education, uh, maintenance, and support. They can, they can pull out some extra money for, for different things. But the, the question often comes up, you know, well, if I have a trust, do I need my beneficiary forms working right? And if I have my beneficiary forms working right, do I need a trust as well? And so that's sort of the, the, the basic answer. Now, there's a lot more details involved in all of that. You need to sit down with an estate planning attorney and go through everything. But, but uh, for the most part, that's a, that's a frequently asked question. And the beneficiary form and a, a uh, well-constructed, I should say, revocable living trust can function well together in your estate planning needs. So lots of lots of questions in that arena, Chris. You know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I did mention earlier uh, a few weeks ago we're going to be having some estate planning classes rolling out this fall. So stay tuned for that. Uh, looking forward to to that. Got a lot of new material on all that, and or just repackaged, I should say. Um, to, uh, to to teach people there because a lot of people, you know, over the last several years, their assets have grown. They're not sure what they want to do. Uh, people have passed. People have had grandchildren. You know, you need to really make sure that, that these and people are getting married, that, that these beneficiary forms and trusts are, are working properly for yourself. So we're going to have some, some uh, basic classes on estate planning and things like that coming up in the fall. So stay tuned for announcements on that. Again, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Take a look at the video there on the front page as far as the financial plan goes. Make sure that your financial plan gets up to date just like that one does each night. And you can go to, again, the website, LarryRosenthal.com. Shoot me off an email. 
and and uh, have your email uh, questions answered here live on the air the following week. So we get lots of those. Be happy to, to, to do that for you. As well as during the week, if you have questions, simply call our office. You can call this this uh, state this phone number eight hundred or eight five five Rose one two three. As soon as we get done, it switches over to our toll free number eight five five Rose one two three. We'd be happy to send you out information next week as well on any of your questions. So for Chris McKay in the back, Bob's off today, yeah. vacationing somewhere. Who knows where? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.